<laughs> wow, that is so awesome. And I have changed the title of my sermon. If I'm in the seven lap, seventh lap, the title of my sermon today is, You Want to Go Running? Because I really want to talk to you today about where we're headed and what the Lord wants to do among us. And I, I just believe in this series, Rise and Build, that God is just bringing clarity, not just to me, but to all of you in the lanes that you run, in your homes and in your work environments and in your ministry career and your volunteering here and the things that you do out in the world. I mean, let's face it, 2020, we felt like a snow globe that got shaken up. But I believe that the dust is starting to settle and the Lord is just breathing some fresh clarity over each one of us today. We're in the series called Rise and Build. We're talking about a man who worked for the Persian government and he got a burden. Do you remember that? That was a great sermon. He, just, he got a burden. He started to care again. He got to a position in a place in life where he was no longer numb. Any of us been numb in the last, I don't know, 18 months or so? We've all been there, if not multiple times. We probably even have it all figured out how to get unnumb. Some of us say, no, I just get number and number and number. Well, it's time to stop getting number because the Lord wants to give us a burden just like he did Nehemiah. And then Nehemiah decided after he got the approval of the king to go to his homeland and rebuild the city walls. For those that are uh, new to the Exchange Church, this book of the Bible, Nehemiah, was the inspiration, or should I say the prodding, of Carrie and I to come back to Austin area to start a church. We had grown up here, we met here, we fell in love here, we got, huh? We fought here, um, we were poor here, uh, I mean, think of it, we, we were here, and we didn't want to come back because of the dark cloud, you know, um, not that we had just gone through life that we didn't want to revisit. Anybody know, you know what I'm talking about? I don't want to make it weird, but like you go back home and you're like, oh, I'm not really the same person that I used to be. And all of those friends think I was that person and that's changed. Or you go back to your hometown where maybe you didn't have a, a good family life. I did. Thankfully, that wasn't a, I had 99 problems. That was not one. Uh, <laughs> But, but you know what I mean? You go back to that place and that place breeds memories and it's just dark cloud. And so we wanted to do, uh, you know, what the Lord wanted, wanted us to do. We wanted to go where the Lord wanted us to go. We just really were praying that it would be Oregon or Colorado. Oregon, because it was at the time the most unchurched state in the nation. Colorado, because I like to ski. So I, I thought that the Lord was going to send us there and he ended up using the book of Nehemiah, a man who had it all, was very comfortable, had his provision, had his salary, and left all that was comfortable to go back and rebuild his city walls. And Carrie and I, after spending time with the Lord on it, decided that our hometown, Austin, was worthy of us laying down our lives yet again to come here and rebuild the city walls with you. And I have to say, I'm so glad that we did. I couldn't imagine being in anywhere else with any other church family than you. You guys are incredible. 
the text today. I feel like we've already had service, to be honest. I feel like I should be sitting down at Chewy's with chips and green sauce and the, you know. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and preach, okay? Are you with me? I need you to be all in today, okay? I need a holler back kind of crowd today. So if I say something good, I need you to let me know that you receive it or I'm going to just keep saying it until you hear it, Chase. I'm going to say it until you hear it, Chase. I'm going to say it. Happy birthday, Chase. Chase is a big, oh, thanks, man. September is a great month. That's right. I think all of God's favorite people were born in September. And Fe- February, honey. And February. And whatever month you're in. I want to I wanna read the fourth chapter of Nehemiah, but I just want to pick out three verses today to read first, and then we'll kind of walk through the whole chapter if we, if we get time to it. We're just going to let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do. But I want to set a framework for why I chose the title that I chose for this sermon today. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 15 through 18. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. So at this point in the story, Nehemiah and his team is rebuilding the city walls and they have enemies. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand, everybody say one hand, with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand, say other hand, they held a weapon. With one hand they worked at construction and the other hand, they held a weapon. With one hand, they laid brick and mortar. With the other hand, they... I don't know how they did the bow and arrow with one hand. Maybe your right hand held the bow and my right hand pulled the arrow back. With one hand, they worked. And the other hand, they warred. The title of my sermon today is Build and Battle. Build and battle. If that doesn't resonate with you, I have a couple more. Work and war. How about fight and frame? Fight and frame. How about labor and delivery? In one hand, we hold a weapon, and in the other hand, we hold our tools. Father, we come before you today. God, I thank you so much for what you've already done in the room. God, if it be possible, let this air turn cooler. Bless our ears to hear. Give our eyes to see that this message is for no one else but us. Like me, me right where I am. It's not for my husband. It's not for my wife. It's not for my child. It's not for my mother. It's not for my mother-in-law. It's not for my boss. It's for me, God. It's for me. Let me get offended with the truth of your word so that you can mold me and shape me into the image that you want me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Let the church say, amen. 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 I want to say hello, shout out to everyone 
uh, online. Thank you, everyone, for the birthday wishes on, on Facebook Live. I'm, I see them coming in. Uh, Marie and so many of you guys. Tim, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I'm going to have a, a good, good day. And for those of you that um, I've not seen in a year or year and a half because you've not been to church um, and you still consider yourself family, that's kind of the hard thing with online viewership. You don't really know who's still your family. <laughs> I'm, I, I tend to just assume everyone still is. Um, so all, all of you that I've not seen, um, and I don't know if you're with us or not, I'm inviting you to my house for dinner because I can't pastor someone that I can't see. And I would love, if, if you've not been here, uh, I understand it's not about judgment. It's about me opening my heart and my home to you to say that I, you're my sheep. I'm the under shepherd, and uh, my wife will cook you a meal. <laughs> I, I wash my hands of this right now. <laughs> amen. She, a good meal. He was saying amen to the, the good, good meal. Uh, that's all right. If, if she makes a good meal, you can bet she will ask me to clean. So I'll, I really, though, I just want to connect uh, with everyone. So I'm asking that you guys come over to my house because let's face it, 2020 into 2021 has been really difficult. And there are some people in our church, you don't have family here. We are your family. And there are some of you watching online, we are your family. And we're only connected through cable and fiber optics and screens and like, I hate that for you. You know, I hate that for you. I want, I want you to come over to my house. 2020 has been devastating. It's, it's been filled with, I mean, any kind of word you can imagine. Deception in 2020. Disappointment. Anybody had disappointment in 2020? Division. Anybody see division anywhere? Eyes five with my little eyes. Everywhere is division. But you know what 2020, 2021 has been, in my mind at least, is the great revealing, the great exposing. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about QAnon, okay? If you believe in that QAnon stuff, I'm praying for you. I'm not talking about some underground seller and, you know, actors playing past presidents. That's, I'm, I'm talking about Jesus here. It's been a great revealing. Because when things are pressed, what's inside comes out. And so it's been a year for us as churches and as pastors. And I had the opportunity this week to spend some time in Nashville at a conference. My wife and I, and of course we have the added benefit of seeing our daughter and Michaela and Lawrence. Um, but I, I got to see other churches and leaders and pastors and hear the heart of what's going on around the nation because sometimes you can get kind of focused in on what's happening in your own little house and you forget uh, that there's a whole big world out there. Um, but what I, I had the privilege of hearing, so I didn't feel so alone, is that 2020 caught everybody by surprise. There was no prophet that I'm aware of that predicted the world shutting down. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that to bash prophets. I believe in prophecy. I, 
I are one, okay? I'm, I'm only saying nobody saw it coming. Churches weren't prepared for what hit, at least in America, at least in our nation. I would venture to say that third world countries were infinitely more prepared for this than we were. Because they know how to seek God already. They know how to turn their face toward heaven already. They know how to pray with authority already. They know how to look at lack and not feel defeated, but that just pushes them even further into the call of God for their life. They know how to not be afraid of threats externally and give up on their calling and stay in their comfort zone. By the way, the only thing missing in your comfort zone is your calling. And so they were prepared for it. We, however, weren't. I wasn't. You weren't. And let me tell you, I believe the church missed a great opportunity in 2020 and 2021. And I don't always know what the solutions are. And I don't always know when to speak or when to be silent. I don't always know how to let people know that I'm for you and I, I'm for you and I'm for you. But here's what I do know. I do know how to let God arise and his enemies be scattered. And we failed to do that in 2020 and 2021. The church was too busy bickering with one another. That word bickering. You have kids, you ever go out of town and you get text all week long? I'm not saying that happened in my home this week. We weren't prepared. The church wasn't prepared. Let's, let's just, I'm calling it like it is. And it's not on you, by the way. If it feels like, oh, I'm blaming you. No, I'm actually blaming, I'm blaming me. I'm blaming my colleagues. I'm, I'm blaming the leaders. I'm blaming the apostles and the prophets and the leaders of the church. That even when we got blindsided by this thing, we didn't call our nation into unity and into alignment. We didn't call out the bickering that we saw online from church member against church member, if it was public, in the public square, you know what I should have done as a leader? Any leader worth his salt should have made a public statement and demanded that these two families have dinner together three times a week until they love each other. But we didn't do that. We were afraid of the loud voices. Maybe the wrath will turn on us. Maybe we'll be the next victim. Come on, are you with me? Now, I, we're 11 years in. So on day one, Carrie and I risked it all. And we weren't afraid of risk. But how many know that the older you get and the more you accumulate, your risk tolerance goes down a little bit. It's a little more uh, difficult to risk. Well, I'm telling you, pastors all across the world pulled in because we didn't know what was going on. I almost feel like this is a confession. <laughs> but for me personally, I, I've really struggled in leadership over the last year and a half. It's been really difficult, painful. Trey, you make it look so easy. Well, thank you. But personally, my, 
walk with the Lord has flourished and skyrocketed in a level that I didn't even know was possible. I can hear him in the wind. I can see him in the stars and the sun. I, before I take a step, I can hear a word of warning where he says, don't, don't do that. Don't go there or pick up that phone, call that person. 2020 for me, the great revealing, the exposing that happened for me was that I actually can handle more than I thought I could handle. I found that my family comes together in tight unity when we need to. I found that my church family is resilient and strong. I found that I actually have not just my family, my kids, and my wife and me that are builders, but all of you sitting in these seats, you're builders of the house. I'm not on this mission alone, this journey alone. This is the great revealing that happened. You know, when the storm comes in and people split ways and, and run to shelter and, and back off from calling, and once you realize, oh, maybe I can take a step forward again and get in the boat that God's called me to, you stand there and you're looking for your team. Oh, come on back. Yeah, come on. Oh, yeah, come on. Yeah. Oh, come on. Oh, E-Kids really need you. Come on back here. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. First impressions really need, you know, and I'm just talking from my context. You can translate this in your work environment. You know when, when like a bomb has gone off at your work and everybody is in their own little corner and nobody is working together and there's some time that takes place and you see people start to slowly start to come back to the table. In those moments of pressure, the great revealing, the exposing, we have to dig a little bit deeper than what we feel on the surface level, guys, because the Lord is calling us to wade out into deep waters with him. Everything that could be shaken was shaken. And now pastors all over the world are asking themselves, have I built disciples or consumers? Am I building people to know how to pray? These are the questions I'm asking myself. Because especially for you that I haven't seen in a year and a half, I hope to God that before that I've taught you how to pray so that you can fight some battles in your living room, so that you can fight on your knees, so that you can get some bruises on your knees in your closet so that when things go crazy at home, you already have the weapons of your warfare ready and prepared. I hope that I've put that into you, but I don't know. I, that's what I'm trying to assess right now. You know, I'm, I'm looking for casualties. I'm looking for damage. I'm looking for holes in the boat. I'm trying to figure out where we're at. I'm trying to figure out where you're at. Are you praying big prayers? Are you praying prayers that scare you? If your prayers don't scare you, they definitely don't scare the devil. So prayer is one way that we step into discipleship discipleship it's a discipline it's just what we do whether we feel it or not we we pray what about reading the word i hope that i've taught you the importance of scripture oh man i hope that i've taught you how to read the word because there may come a day where persecution has escalated so much that we literally don't meet in person 
and you've got a Bible hidden somewhere in a back room in a box under a blanket and you throw dust on it to make it look like it's not been used in forever. But when nobody's watching, you sneak away and you open it up and you read from the scripture. I hope that I've put in you. I hope that now you're developing a love for reading the word of God so that when you actually need to rely on you and Holy Spirit, it's not foreign. You know, Jesus' weapon over the enemy, his only weapon over the enemy was the word. The word, our light. Light of the word. Satan was tempting Jesus and Jesus just replied with scripture. It's okay if you don't know scripture. If, if, if you're depressed and you don't know scripture about joy, that's, that's okay. Learn it. Learn it. There's this little thing called Google. Scripture on joy. Some Bibles even have this. It's a little old school, but it's called like in the back. And it turned to J, how ironic. Um, you can look up joy in the back of your Bible and it'll take you to scriptures. And you can just explore scripture all by yourself. Scripture is, is your weapon. I'd, I'd venture to say that many of us are going through so many attacks, not because we're such a threat to the enemy, but because we don't know Scripture. Sometimes we say, oh, the devil's attacking me. The devil is getting me. Satan is attacking me. No, he's not. Satan is, can I just, let me teach you something. Not, not that you don't know this. If you don't know this, this is interesting. Satan is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. That would be like, well, you get the point. He's not everywhere. Satan's not always attacking you. Sometimes darkness just resides in you because you don't have the light of the word in you. We're called to pick up our cross and follow him even unto death. I'm asking myself, am I building people that will suffer for Christ? You didn't know that when you said yes to Jesus, did you? Whenever you were in church and the music was so lovely and the lights and the temperature was not right now like hot as Hades. It just was, the atmosphere was set and they said, do you, do you want to say yes to Jesus? And you're like, well, yeah. And they say, it's going to be the best decision of your life. And you're thinking, well, heck yeah, I don't want to miss out on that. Your life is forever going to be changed. Yeah, I, I, yes, okay, I'm in, I'm in. And you, you say yes to Jesus. Here's what they didn't say, probably. In this moment, are you ready to lay down your life for a cause outside of yourself? When Jesus called the disciples, he said, drop the nets and follow me. He didn't say, drop the nets and let's follow your dreams. Drop the nets and let's follow the money. Let's follow the blessing. Let's follow the breakthrough. Jesus said, follow me. And if we're going to follow him, that means that there's a cross involved along the way. But suffering doesn't make for good altar calls.
in the, the beginning, I haven't even... Let's go ahead and, and play something, Chad. In the beginning, when we say yes to Jesus, and we don't understand that we become the target. We're full of passion, full of zeal, but we don't really know what we're made of until it's tested. We don't know what you're made of until you're tested. We don't know that you're faithful until there's a chance to be unfaithful. We don't know that you're loyal until there's a chance to be unloyal. We don't know that you're committed until there's a chance to be uncommitted. And somewhere along the way, there's an unseen force that begins to work on and wear down our our zeal and our passion. And we abandon the desires that God has placed in our heart. You used to be on fire, but no longer on fire. You used to pray for the sick in line at Walmart, but now you only offer multitasking prayers for people when you happen to think if they're sick. You know what a multitasking prayer is, right? It's a prayer while showering, a prayer while driving, a prayer while sitting just before a meal. And there's nothing wrong with multitasking prayers, but there is a remnant of people that need to rise up. If we want to rise and build, we have to go beyond multitasking prayers to devoted time of prayer where we get bruises on our knees because we're turning our face toward heaven and we are praying circles around people that we know. Not, we are praying protection around people that we know. We are praying that the Spirit of God would move into the lives of people that we know. We are praying that addictions would be broken over people that we know. We are, we are praying that people would reconcile in their relationships for, for the glory of God. We are, we are spending time devoted to that, not just as we lather. You used to love coming to the house of the Lord. Now you treat it as common. We start out strong, focused, full of excitement, and the un unseen force starts to erode that passion. Listen, church, we're never staying the same. We're either moving forward or we're moving backwards. The unseen force that I'm referring to is the enemy. Satan, the devil, yes, he's not omnipresent, but he has forces. He has workers. And it's our ignorance of his devices that robs us from the life that God wants to give us. Ephesians 6 tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And I'll tell you what, if 2020 didn't try to make us think other humans were our enemy more than any other year before, was it 2021? I don't even know my years anymore. I'm just saying, we always were turning to the other. The other party, the other race, the other gender, the other nation, the other, the other. It was... We, were all, we always had to, in this culture of outrage, had to have an enemy. But there is no enemy among us. The only enemy that you and I have is one that is not of flesh and blood. Wherever God inserted you into the storyline of history... 
The devil had already been deceiving people for generations before you came along. You, you didn't know that the day you were conceived, you were dropped into the storyline of warfare. We fail to realize that the moment that we give our life to Christ, there's an adversary who already had it out for us, but now we have a big target on our back. He wants to take you out, friends. He wants you to tarnish your witness. He wants, just as was happening in the church of Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapters 2, 3, and 4, Paul is having to rebuke the church because there's, there's infighting. There's not get, they're, they're looking like the world. Church, if we look like the world, they have no tower to run into for safety. Will you stand to your feet this morning? You know, Chad, Satan hates everyone. Everyone. You don't have to be a Christian for Satan to hate. You don't even have to be a good Christian for Satan to hate. Satan hates all of humanity. You know why? I... I heard this guy went to heaven and this sounds like a joke. It sounds like I just started to joke, but this is true. He went to heaven and he noticed that the angels were bowing down at him and it made him feel very uncomfortable, like as they passed him or whatever. This was his experience. And he asked the angel, he said, what, why are you doing that? They, they weren't worshiping him. Do you know what I mean? You ever like, just like a quick bow and Basically, all, all of heaven, the, the grass even kind of acknowledged him as he walked, and the, the trees acknowledged him. And he's, he said, this is making, this is a little odd. Why, why is this happening? I'm not worthy of this. And the angel said, we know you're not worthy of that. But we can't help but bow, because inside of you is the spark of God. You see, when God breathed into humanity, there was a spark of his nature placed into you. So much so the angels look on at you in awe because you represent, you look like their creator. So what are we going to do? Are, are we, are we going to battle in one hand and work in one hand? Are we going to continue to build this thing we call local church? Are you going to continue to build your families? Are you going to continue to build your marriage and your finances? All of the things that the enemy has tried to destroy. Are you, are you going to continue to do that? Because listen, if you continue to build without battling, without realizing that there's a very real enemy out to get you, without realizing that, that there is a world, an unseen world that is against you, if you only build but you you don't battle, you're, you're missing the mark. But some of us in 2020 have just gone into battle mode, self-protection mode. We're, we're battling without building anything. And we're called to battle and build. You know, if you, if you pray without any action, if you pray without any action, that's a lack of wisdom. But if you move in action, Without prayer, it's an act of pride. The answer is A and B. We have to do 
both. We have to continue to build and continue to battle.